Hey talkers, welcome to Keep Talking Podcast. Keep Talking is the best platform for you to reach an advanced level of English fluency by practicing every day and also connect with a global community. In this podcast, we are sharing the audio version of the Instagram Lives and IGTV videos that we have done over the past year. Most of them are in English, although some are a mix of English and Spanish, and in a few, we speak only Spanish. I hope you enjoy, and remember to follow us on Instagram at keeptalkingco, or check out our website, keeptalking.co, to join our community and learn more about how we can help you. Hello, everyone. Hello. Um, I hope all of you are doing great on this Wednesday. We are going to be interviewing another expert for our Instagram Live. And as we get more people, hey, Maria Antonia, I see you there. You're joining. Uh, we have a lot of people joining right now. It's great to see you guys. Good to have all of you here. And um, as, as promised last week, I told you that we're going to be interviewing one expert each week, we're, the, the idea is to be interview is going, is going to be interviewing one expert on a weekly basis on Wednesdays. And the point of all of this is to give you guys a sense of reference, right? Someone to look up to, someone who you can connect to, who you can relate with. See, alguien para que sea su referente, un modelo a seguir. Right, that's the whole idea of these interviews. So last week we had a talk with Mauro, who is a guy that, regardless of where he lives, he managed to learn English in a rural area outside of Medellin. And today he teaches the language with a brilliant Polish British accent. And uh, today we're going to be interviewing Maria Antonia, who is a world traveler. This is exactly how we met. Sorry about this. And uh, she has managed to use her English to travel the world, become, uh, be part of global, sorry, be part of global projects and also uh, has managed to make a huge contribution with her community. So um, I want to I wanna see if she's here to start with. I think she is here. And um, so, Maria Antonia, if you want to come on board, you just have to send me a, a contact request or a request to be in. Okay, I got it here. Hey, everyone. Hey, Diana, Julian, how are you? Great to have you guys. Um, I hope all of you are having a good Wednesday and that you are going to be enjoying our talk today. Hi, Diego. Hey, how are you? Can I, I wasn't sure how to call you. Can I call you Toto? Can I call you Maria Antonia? Is there, is there a specific um, stress that you would like on your, on your nickname? Well, talking about language changes. So in Colombia, everyone calls me Toto, but abroad, right. it's explain that Toto means because it comes from the Antonia but everyone calls me Maria so but we're in Colombia right now so you can call me Toto it's okay amazing thank you so much Toto thank you uh, for accepting our invitation to be here as I was telling everyone the whole idea of these lives is to present a reference right a referent sorry someone who has managed to um 
in a way, use English to be part of global communities, to uh, be involved in world projects, or to work, simply to work in the language. Last week, we interviewed Mauro, who, as I was telling you guys, uh, managed to learn English. And now he, he teaches the actual language. And he, he taught a technique. He actually gave a workshop inside Keep Talking, a fascinating technique for improving your pronunciation. So I would like to start with, um, with well, after, of course, we, we, we hear a little bit about who you are. I would like to hear how you learn English, because that's an information that I don't have. So why don't we start with introducing yourself, tell us about who you are, and uh, yeah. Okay, well, thank you, Diego, and hi, everyone. I can see already some people connected, so it's very good to be here and to share my experience, because definitely English changed my life in many different ways. So I'm originally from Medellin. I, was, I grew up here in Colombia, and then I studied English at school in a very basic level. Then I took some like private lessons. And once I finished university, I'm a graphic designer. So I love art and design. I come from the creative side. And once I finished um, the university, I went to England for three months to study English in a summer program. So I studied three months in England. Um, then I traveled around Europe. And then I took some lessons here and there. But yeah, I took mainly lessons there and in Colombia. And then by using the basic uh, grammar lessons and the grammar, like the basic information, I started using it by traveling and living in different countries. And now I can communicate basically pretty well in English. All right. All right. So um, how about telling us a little bit more about who you are as a, as a human? Let's connect with you at a deeper, at a deeper level. Um, because that's also what we want, right? To bring human beings that we admire that through, in a way, I call these series uh, Keep Talking Friends or Keep Talking Global Friends. And it's because uh, not only the skill of the language, but also you as a person, you can also inspire by showing others that it is possible to do so many things with life after you achieve fluency. So I think, Diego, you use the perfect word to describe who I am. It's a global citizen. I mean, even though I'm from Colombia, I've traveled the world. I'm, very, I'm a very curious woman. I think curiosity is definitely what moves me to travel, what moves me to learn, what basically is the motivation for me to move around. So I'm a very curious woman. I love studying. Um, I'm an illustrator. I love the ocean. I love the nature. And I did study graphic design at the university, but then I did my master's in social innovation. And then I also started working that I'm going to share later for sure. I started start traveling the world and getting to know more of the peace issues. So I did uh, intensive program and peace and conflict resolution. So basically for the last 20 years, 15 years, I've worked in peace and development and humanitarian aid. And that's my main focus of work. So like peace building, conflict resolution, local development, and local communities around the world. But now I'm really happy to be back after traveling abroad for more than, what, 15 years. I'm back in Colombia, and I want to bring back what I've learned abroad, because I think it's the time to also build and contribute to our country. Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, 
many, many people, many of our students uh, are thinking of immigrating, right? But then I, I just love the fact of going abroad, learning new things, and coming back because you have this calling of contribution. Um, so in a way, do you feel that way, that uh, something calls you to contribute back to our communities? It was something, I think, that I was really moved to contribute to Colombia before, but I also felt that I needed to see the world to be more critical and much more, have more arguments and understand much more my country. Sometimes I think you need perspective, and sometimes you need to see from a different angle to understand better. So when I left after university, when I left the country, well, I thought I was not going to come back so soon, and I thought I was going to get married with a foreigner, and like very crazy stories, but... Then I discovered that I wanted to be single, I wanted to travel, but I also wanted to come back because I think the call, my parents are here, my family is here. I think the country has also been going through a very interesting transformation. So I think I left the country in a very hard moment in terms of security, in terms of peace. But also when you see those things in perspective, you also understand that the country needs people with perspective and with a global mindset to be able to contribute back. So I think leaving the country is great as a learning purpose, but when you feel the call to come back and use all this knowledge and all this experience to contribute to your country or your family or a project, I think it's a personal call, but I, I always felt it, actually. So um, what, we, what we teach students is, well, I ask this question, whenever we have a new student, I ask the question is, how curious are you? What, what mindset do you have? What global mindset do you have already? Because for us, it doesn't really make sense for someone to want to learn English if their mindset is not of a global uh, reach, right? So I wanna ask you this, do you believe having a global mindset is key to developing your English? I think it's very key because I think you learn a language or a new language. In this case, I think English is pretty global, but I always think you learn a new language because you want to communicate different. You want to understand a language different and you want to be part of something bigger. I think English is one of the most spoken languages in the world. I mean, and then you can use English to travel everywhere. So for me, the first language I wanted to learn was English. And then I learned other languages because I love languages. And answering the question about how curious you are, oh my God, I'm super curious. I think I'm always questioning myself. Every question or every issue takes me to a different question. And when I, tra when I start traveling, I wanted to discover the world through my eyes, through my ears, through my senses. And I think that also is driven by curiosity. You don't want to read about the recipe or you don't want to hear the music of another country in your house. I mean, I wanted to feel it with my five senses or my six senses, but I wanted to experience. And I think feeling the need of experience is also part of curiosity. When, when you want to experience a smell or a taste, or when you want to experience a culture. So I think the English definitely open up a lot of those experiences. And still, I mean, I think English opens up spaces and opportunities like this one to connect with people that you don't even know, but it's a reason to connect and to talk about other things. 
Amazing. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I believe we, we, we are convinced. The students who advance the fastest is because they have this urge to learn about the world. They're super curious about discovering how other people live, not only about business, not only about work, but life, right? I mean, why, why do we act the way we, uh, we do? What is, what is Trump really saying? Uh, because sometimes media and, and all the communication, we can get only one scope of a conversation. So they're interested in understanding what is really happening out there in the world. And so coming back to the global mentality, in what ways do you feel that um, English has allowed you to be part of, of global communities? And how has that played a role in, in all of what you've done? Well, it's huge. That's going to take us like three hours. But yeah, I'm going to try to be Good. very free. And um, first, when I studied in England, in England, it opened up the opportunity to travel around Europe. But then after that experience, I went to Barcelona, live in another country. But because I knew English, I was able to apply for an internship in Sri Lanka. Imagine this. A Colombian in Sri Lanka. I never ever imagined. I didn't even know where Sri Lanka is. I don't know if, if the people that are connected today know. They can search right now. But I was like playing Sri Lanka is in the south of India. And it's a very small country. But they said because you speak English, I apply for a leader, leadership program. It's called ISEC. So I apply at university. And because my English level was enough, I could apply for an internship of a year. Then I went to this amazing, weird, different country with different culture and religion and language. Because in Sri Lanka, there are three official languages, English, Sinhalese, and Tamil. So English was the connector with these other two languages. I started with English, then I learned a few words in the other two languages. But English was my tool for work. So I was working for a travel magazine. So I was the editor of a magazine. So I was writing in English, traveling in English, and connecting to people whose English wasn't even their first language. So it was maybe their second language, me. And it was beautiful because at that point it helped me connect with a different culture. And after that, I also applied to a different opportunity with different NGOs. I traveled the world with Peace Boat, which is an NGO. And I applied for a teaching position in English and Spanish. So it was very interesting because also my, my English level took me to international platforms to travel the world. And then because of my English, I also applied for the scholarship to study peace. So it opens opportunities every time and, and it opens up the community. I mean, English is the connection with friends all around the world. I mean, you can ask me every country and I might have someone there. And the link with us, the way we communicate is English. Right. Amazing. Uh, I have a dream inside Keep Talking. So I call these, these uh, series Global Friends. And one of my dreams, perhaps you can help me achieve it, is to, to invite one person from each country to have a conversation. Because I believe in the power of communication. It's so important for us to understand each other. Because in that way, we let go of all these 
preconceived ideas of how people from Congo or people from Sudan should be. And then we meet the human, right? We actually have this connection with the human. Tell us an anecdote. Have you been through this? Have you been through, well, Sri Lanka? Uh, Sri Lanka had a war. Is that correct? And yeah. Sri Lanka is part Muslim, from what I understand. Muslim, uh, Buddhist, and Hindu. They have like the four, there are four religions in Sri Lanka. So I guess what, what you're just saying, it connects me with everything. I guess that having guests from all around the world is what I say. You don't learn about people and humanity on a book. You don't learn about people and humanity on Netflix. And you don't learn about people and humanity on social media. You get part of the information. This is part of the information. But when you get to meet, to meet people one-to-one -one from those cultures, that's what I call peace because you understand the other side of the story from the real side of the story. So I, as you said it before, we always have preconceptions in our mind about religion, about traditions, and about... And because I'm very curious and very open, every time I travel to these countries, I try to live really locally. So I guess that I have preconceptions as a woman traveling by myself, being single, being by myself, being from this religion or not. And I guess when you have these conversations, for example, in Sri Lanka, if you ask me for an example, like I always thought it was very, very rude to choose someone's husband because it happens in some cultures. But when I got to sit down and talk to a lady who was going to get married with someone she didn't know that much, but she was excited and she was grateful and the experience went really well, it completely changed my perspective. When I met someone who was from a Muslim religion, it completely changed my perception. So now I have friends who are Muslims, who are Buddhists, who are Hindus, who have no religion or Um, I guess these conversations take you to a very personal level and you understand that those decisions are a matter of values, context, and history. So that's why going through one-to-one -one experiences and face-to-face -face encounters are very, very important. So I completely support your idea and your dream. And I think it's very, very easy <laughs> that that dream comes true. Yes, can you imagine having, having 200, 200 videos each one being a conversation in that way, every Colombian and every Latin American, we, ha we have students in Argentina, Mexico. So each one of us, each one of who follows keep talking and he's going to be here for, you know, for as long as Instagram is alive. So having conversations with each person, well, one person of each of the different countries to understand a little bit more, to arise, to spark that level of curiosity in each one of the of 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 us right because i'm very curious also to understand how they live and to because this is what i was able to have in the states go ahead please no and it's not just about talking i mean what what i also experienced and i said again you connect through to people and to cultures through your five senses or six senses you know so when you talk this is just one sense or two you know like ear and understanding and hearing But when you talk to someone and they explain why they eat what they eat, why they eat with their hands, for example, for me, it was like, oh, how come you don't eat with a fork? But when you start and learn, like, for example, in Sri Lanka, we used to eat like very spicy food with our hands. You understand that the taste is different, that the texture is different. So my call is also not just 
the talking is the beginning, but also this talking will take you to an experience. And the experience is fundamental for human beings. Okay. Now, we have, I think we have about 15 people watching the talk right now. And of course, I want to say hello. And, uh, and I, would like, I would like for them to participate uh, with us. So we have, I think some of, uh, some of them sent a message before. I think one of the, one of our followers from Urawa, his name is Herrick, I think. And he sent a beautiful message about perspective. So I want to give a shout out to Herrick uh, for that message. But I also want to ask you guys, if you have any questions. So we've been talking for about 20 minutes with Maria Antonia Toto, who is this world traveler. Uh, well, is, uh, uh, she's also an artist, but she has also worked as a peace advocate or peace... Uh, peace builder. Peace, peace builder inside Peace Boat and also in other programs. Is that correct? Yeah, in different organizations around the world. Thailand, Cambodia, Sri Lanka, Japan, England, Spain. Okay, okay. Um, so if you guys have questions for her, if you want to know more about her, please write down your questions and that way we can connect a little bit more. Now, I have, as, as people start writing down their questions, I've been, I've been developing this view about English that it is no longer going to be, or perhaps is no longer anymore, a language. I believe that it is becoming a tool because today, if you count the people in China and India and Latin America who are using uh, we have a we have a first question there. Uh, there you go. Thank you. You're faster. You're very good for this. You know. <laughs> uh, so there are more people speaking English outside the native speaking countries than there are in. So it's becoming a tool. How that tool. How, how, did, how have you experienced that tool in these global projects? Like you said before, the, the language to communicate has been English. So I would like you to please encourage everyone who is listening to use their language more to, in a way, to give communication the prime, the primordial, uh, in a way, uh, place not to be thinking about perfection, the perfect grammar, the perfect pronunciation, but to use it to communicate more. So let's, let's hear what you have to say about this. That is super important, Diego, the way you pointed. I think languages in general are tools to connect everything. The language itself, Spanish, English, French, Italian, it's a way we connect to people, we connect to others, we connect to ourselves. So it's a way of communication. So it's definitely a very important tool that is also connected with the other senses. I mean, I guess just the language by itself without the body, it just communicates one part. So I think when you also travel the world, I think it also connects the way you look at people, the way you move your hands, the way you move your body, because it also expresses the feelings. So I think it's the language connects you with feelings, with expressions, with your culture, and it also expresses who you are. And I think 
English for me has been the tool, not just professionally, but personally. And you said something very important. When I was learning English, I was really, really strict about being perfect. And I discovered that the only way to improve my English was by using it. If you don't use it and make mistakes and laugh about yourself when you make those mistakes, then you're never going to learn it because there's not something that you learn just by the academics and the rules. I think languages in general are an expression that connects your whole body. So it's not something that you learn at a book, but you practice with your whole soul, mind and heart. So I think making mistakes was, for me, was the best thing ever because I was making mistakes and my native English speakers' friends were making fun or correcting me. And it also connected me with other people. I know I, I can adjust my accent. My accent is a mix of British, American, and Colombian. But I also like when people identify, oh, you're Latinas. Of course, I'm Latina. I'm from Colombia, and I learn English and Italian and, and other languages. But um, I said that recognizing that this is a learning process the whole time, there's no way... I mean, I don't consider myself bilingual by any chance, but I consider, consider that I feel very comfortable with my level of English, even if I make mistakes, and I don't care if I make mistakes. But it open, also opens up opportunities. I mean, I'm writing in English, I read in English. This, that's a very good advice. You should read in English. Like, start reading, like, kids' book. I, I remember reading my favorite books for kids in English, and it helped me because that's a basic vocabulary that you have to learn. And then you start finding words of that, that, that you're going to need in your field of work. So now I work in development and peace, and I'm also working for a corporation, like an organization. And I use it to connect with alliances. I'm a liaison officer, so I connect. And when you are a connector, then you need to find ways and tools to connect people. Great, amazing. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that is going to, that's going to inspire everyone who is listening to this video, who is going to listen to this video in the future as it stays there on Instagram TV. And um, so when I, we had you about five years ago in Medellin Translation. Do you remember how uh, I invited you to give that talk at Naturalia Cafe? Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I got inspired to have, in a way, to bring back that program again. This is, in a way, what I'm trying to do here with a different brand, different name. But in a way, I want to, I want to inspire people to connect more with, you know, people that are doing great things like you. And um, so I got inspired again when I saw your post on the Peace Boat application process. And this is something that I would like to talk about because um, I think it's going to be very inspiring for people who already have an intermediate level of English. How, how is that process? Can, can anyone join uh, tell us about your experience in it, please. And actually, Mafe Munera, who is also a very good friend. Mafe, good to see you. She just was asking that. So, 
So it was, it was very interesting. So I was living, I used to live in Sri Lanka. And when I lived in Sri Lanka, the tsunami of the 2004, I don't know if you all remember, uh, the Indian, the tsunami that hit a very many, many countries. When the tsunami hit, I started working as volunteer with different NGOs. So I started painting and doing volunteer work also because of my English. So I was kind of like using and working with different organizations doing volunteer work. I started my own art project in Sri Lanka. And then in one of these camps, I met a lady that said, oh, you're perfect for Peace Boat. Peace Boat is, a, is an international NGO whose main base is in Japan, in Tokyo. And now we have an office in New York. But at that point, they were in Japan and they said, look, there's a boat, a cruise ship, a big cruise ship that travels around the world and does peace education on board this ship with a capacity of 1,000 passengers, mainly Japanese or Asian passengers, and these boats travels around the world for three months. So when this lady told me this, I was like, wow, I want to be on that boat. Who doesn't? I mean, it's a boat. It's like a, everyone is like the love boat or the Greenpeace. It's a mix of everything. But it was a boat. It's a vehicle of transformation. So it was a boat traveling around the world for three months, and I saw that there was a post, so they have different positions. They have volunteer positions for English, like English teachers or Spanish, and Spanish or translators from Japanese to English or Japanese to Spanish. And when I saw it, I thought, well, I'm going to teach Spanish here. But of course, you needed a very good level of English because all the international community or more peace boats, even though it was very Japanese, um, the international community or the international team was working in English. So I applied for my application, I sent a video. They always ask me, like, what else can you teach? I said, well, I can teach Spanish, English, creativity, art, salsa, what else, everything. And I um, like an interview. I got a physical interview. Somebody flew to Sri Lanka, and I had, like, a short interview, and then, like, an online interview. They were asking me about the purpose, when I wanted to travel, how could I contribute. And at that time, they chose 50 different people from all around the world. And we were inside a cruise ship traveling the world for three months, visiting around 25 different ports. So I joined, I flew to Japan. At that point, they paid basically all my expenses for the three months. So we were having like shared cabins. And uh, my role was to teach Spanish on board. And I was also assigned to teach the kids because there were also kids on the boat. So we have really? like the children's project. So like families can travel together, of course. So imagine families traveling as a learning experience, discovering the world. So some families were traveling with their kids and I was teaching their kids. So I was teaching kids English with arts and I was teaching different levels of Spanish. So then I joined Peace Boat. And when I went back to Japan, they offered me a job in Tokyo. And then I traveled the world again for another three months. And after that, um, after a few months, I came back to Colombia and, and they offered me a job. So I worked for Peace Board for 12 years from Colombia after that. And I was coordinating the programs, educational programs and exchanges, educational exchanges and tourism from Latin America. So I was coordinating like activities here and when we had like speakers from Latin America I was also helping translate from Spanish to English and I was also mediating and facilitate, facilitating the sessions so I was 
most of the time on a boat, like maybe for one or two weeks or two or three times a, a year. And it was very interesting because we also had like events in New York and events in different ports. So I traveled to many countries or many ports in Latin America. And it's an online application for those who are interested. It's an online application. The website is peaceboat.org. And they can apply for the different positions. Um, I think the conditions have changed a little bit. If you have experience teaching English, it's a plus. It's better. If you have two or three different languages, much better, of course. You submit a video, you fill a format, and then you... So right now... Now, uh, for the pandemic, uh, they're not traveling, but hopefully at the end of this year, they're going to probably start also traveling again. So I encourage you, if you want to check this boat, there's a Get Involved uh, link on their website. And then you can check what are the conditions and what are the requirements to become a volunteer teaching or translating. Wow. Very, very, very interesting. All what you can do inside a boat for three months. I can only imagine all the connections that you made. Um, but please, let's rewind a bit. Who, so when you say people are from mostly Japan and Asia, uh, well, these Asian countries, is it, is it because, see, we have a comment about uh, you're inspiring. That's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how does the peace boat work people who join are teaching the tourists that are on the boat the people who pay to be on that that tourist boat in a way so yeah the the, the boat the capacity i mean i'm and, sure it's going to change uh, please please keep talking i'm going to get my charger uh in that way i can keep Same. the conversation going sorry technical mistake but please keep explaining people i'm going to Great. move the camera a bit okay so pispa is a boat a ship that the capacity of thousand people and the passengers on board they pay for being on board so it's like a tour and they pay for the three months to be on board and travel the world but the passengers, young and old, which is very interesting also from Peace Boat, is a generational exchange. So imagine this is like a global university. So passengers or participants in this experience for three months, they can either like pay with cash like, or they can volunteer hours of work. So if you want to travel on Peace Boat in Japan or Asia, you can start doing miles, like, yeah, like air miles or, but this is like boat miles. And you do volunteer work before traveling. And then once the trip starts, at this camp. And passengers joined the ship because uh, at the beginning there were more Japanese participants. But right now, um, it's, I mean, for the last year, it expanded to different countries in Asia. So now, on board, we have also translation into Mandarin, and um, we have passengers from Singapore, from Malaysia, from Sri Lanka, from India. So it's very Asian-oriented. But imagine it's like we call it the floating university. So we have either the group of volunteers who are teaching languages, 
but every port we visit, we have a guest spe speaker coming on board. So we have like Nobel Peace Prize speakers coming and they stay on board for like one week or two weeks or, or a few days, but they are meant to give lectures or workshops. So you can learn about peace through music, through art, through conferences, through victims of war. So in these three months, you get to meet people from all around the world with amazing experiences with their direct voices. So you as a passenger or participant are free to join the sessions. The sessions are free of charge. We have spaces on the boat where you can join and you can go on hear the sessions or join the workshops. And what is extra, this is a sustainable uh, model. So there's a travel agency that offers the participants the possibility of exchange tourist programs in the ports. So when there's a port of call, for example, we arrived in Cartagena, for example, and the organization offers their thing. Or you can go and visit an organization that's called Seeds of Peace, Semillas de Paz, or you can visit a community, the Afro-descendant community close to Cartagena, San Basilio de Palenque, which is a very interesting community in Colombia. Or you can go on yeah. plant mangroves. So I think as a participant, you get to choose what you want to learn from the world. So you can have like a, your main interest in gender or environmental or peace or just tourism. And then you choose to, and you're free to choose what you want to experience. Wow. And uh, I imagine that you have some sort of projects that you get to turn in at the end of the three months. And I imagine that being a Japanese venture, it's well documented. Can, can we find information about this in that way, perhaps, we can use it as topics of discussions for different projects uh, inside Colombia, maybe like to conduct peace talks or peace conferences. Has any of these information uh, been used for that? Yeah, I mean, when I was also working for Peace, but I was a connector and we did very interesting projects when the boat was in Cartagena. So we did exchange projects with youth. Everything is documented and the organization has been working for 38 years. So it was funded 38 years ago. So everything is on the website. We have all the social networks connected. But yeah, there are really interesting projects that also like adjust to the needs of the countries where we arrived. So in Cartagena, I developed a very interesting exchange with victims of conflict, youth. So we have three different organizations that we invite on board. And we have this exchange experience with Fundación Mi Sangre, with different organizations in Colombia. And we have this session. And they also, which is one of the main projects for Peace Boat, they also got the opportunity to talk with survivors from the atomic bombs from Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Because I don't know if you all know here, but Japan is the only country that has been attacked by bombs against civilians, the Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So there's still some survivors and we try to, to empower them and encourage them to share their voices and their testimonies. So it was very moving, for example, for Colombians to exchange with victims of war in different contexts. So I think these kinds of experiences for Colombia were really interesting and also for them to understand the conflict in Colombia. So it was ex 
experiences and voices connecting through, I would say, pain, but it became hope. So. Nice. All right. All right. So for the last, I think we have about 10 more minutes, but we have a little bit more. How about we talk about your, your travel, your, your traveling? You, you've been all over, right? How about, um, and I would like to know what, what have you, what have you been doing for the last five years since we last, in a way, talked about you have a venture you have, was it, was it a magazine? Were you starting a magazine about, about traveling? It was a personal. Or a blog, right? It was a personal project that I still, I want to, I'm reawakening right now. It's called Vidajes in Spanish. Yes. Vidas, viajes y aprendizajes, life, learning, and experiences or learning experiences. Because when I came back to the country a few years ago, I always had the need to talk about these things with world-minded people. So it's like, oh, I would love to talk about other cultures. I would love to practice my English. I would love to talk about world issues. So everyone was asking me about my travels. I've traveled more than 70 countries around, maybe, maybe around 70 countries. So people wanted to hear the stories, but I didn't want to do it one by one. And I think traveling and talking is a great excuse to encounter and connect. So I started with that as a, as a space to share in different like coffee shops or restaurants in the city. So I was inviting friends to talk about the experience for those who were living abroad. I mean, I wanted the Colombian experience living abroad, not just traveling, but it was about what was the experience in other countries that transformed their lives. So I had different speakers and we met in different restaurants. So it also kind of forced people to go to different places because I think in the city of Medellin, people go to the same places. But if they have a motivation to see a different coffee shop or to visit a different restaurant or to learn about India while you have Indian food, when you, when you become or when you experience the knowledge or culture in different ways, I think it was a beautiful connection. So I'm still kind of doing it once in a while. I did one in March. So it's Vidajes, so Vidajes is that, an encounter to share experiences of traveling, to share for me and interesting people. So yeah, right. I, hope I, can, I hope I can do it again or maybe we can do something together, Diego, because I think there is and uh, I need to do it again. So, but I think, yeah, I want, I want people to, to have the encounter, to have the experience, to talk and to ask the right questions because what, what I've seen in the travels and those, those encounters is that people have just one vision of the countries. But when you understand how the vision changed you and how that impacted you personally, I think it completely changed the perspective. So yeah, those are my, my travels. And I came back to Colombia in 2000. I, went, I was living in, I studied in Thailand in 2018. And after studying peace building and conflict resolution thanks to a scholarship of a program that was all in English in Thailand, where I was with 24 amazing people from all around the world. And the link or the connection between all of us was English. We were communicating in English. The program was in English, thanks to the Rotary Foundation. So I came back to Colombia in 2018, and I started working for the public sector in Bogota, 
Then last year I came back to Medellin also to start working for the private sector. And now I'm working for a private NGO as a liaison officer and I'm doing amazing projects for reawakening communities and sustainable development in the islands and other communities. So I'm really happy to be back and I really want, I really want to contribute to our country. All right. So three books or three movies, well, three content that you would recommend to people to get inspired to travel more or to do more, to contribute more. What? Okay, so my first one, and I think I will, my advice is try to read it in English because it's very easy, is The Little Prince. <laughs> the Little Prince is the most and the simplest story about traveling different, different planets, but understanding the context of those planets. So The Little Prince, El Principito, for me is one of my favorite books. And actually I collect that books in different languages. So I had like 10 different versions of the book because I think it's very inspiring for me. Yeah, Then, I remember when I went to your apartment. <laughs> I saw yeah, it everywhere. Yeah, I had it like in Sinhalese and uh, I love even Aymara from Bolivia and um, so that's the first one the second will be Silk from Alessandro Arico Alessandro Arico is an Italian writer and I was always I was always fascinated these books connect through the Silk route uh, how, how the Silk was uh, trade and taken to Europe so it was very it's a very interesting book Silk, Seda, from Alessandro Arico. And now I, I love reading about nature. So all the books that are about Humboldt, Alexander Burr Humboldt, about nature. Um, there's a beautiful book uh, that is called The Invention of Nature. So I think those three books connect me from the little child that is inside me, from the dreamer that is the silk and the traveling, like, yeah, that way. And then also with nature. So I think those three books will be. I mean, I have many. I have to say that I love books. I'm a book designer <laughs> as well. So it's pretty limited to give me a choice of three, but yeah. <laughs> How can people stay in contact with you? You're an inspiring woman, inspiring human being. Um, I'm not sure if you're already writing in English for, for audiences, not only for the NGO projects, but well, this is the question that I have to do. What are you writing in English? Well, sometimes I do my, like I used to have a blog and I started my blog in Spanish and sometimes I write uh, small articles in English, but I do a lot of writing with my friends. <laughs> and sometimes in my social media, I also post in English because I mean, I would say that 80% of my, of my friends speak English. So I write like my posts and articles in English. And I'm also writing a children's book. So I want to do it in English. And I'm also an illustrator. So I guess that it's also the mix of illustration and writing. And yeah, my blog is in Spanish. But in the future, I would love to write much more in English. And I think it's a great exercise to do it. Right now, I'm just writing grants and international proposals for development. So I think it's also a very good exercise because it brings every single day. Okay. 
Can we think of having you perhaps as a guest speaker? I mean, sorry, as a guest writer for one of our blog posts um, to, to, in a way, summarize, summarize a little bit of, of these inspiring talk. Um, that could be a way of you writing more in English, which is something that I understand you want to do, or perhaps to write uh, about one of your trips or, you know, Sri Lanka, which I'm sure is one of the countries that the trips that you remember with more, in a more, um, to more heart, right? Sure. And it would be a great exercise also kind of like read my blog in Spanish. I started writing my blog in 2006, I guess. Maybe going back to those wow. stories and translate myself into English because they're beautiful stories of cultural uh, exchange. My blog is Total Traveler, Blogspot is in Blogspot. Maybe I should go back to those posts and find it in English, translate it into English because I remember my family always very being very excited about learning the cultural experiences that I had, that I had in those countries. So yeah, maybe that's a very good homework for me, Diego. Yeah, and, and for your friends to also get a perspective on what you thought of your travels through, uh, through their countries, but in English, because it's going to be hard for them to read you in Spanish. Um, and it will be more experiential, because I also write a lot of academic papers, I guess, that for my program and everything. I, I wrote a lot about peace. I'm now coordinating also like a regional network of peace fellows. So... I write a lot, but much more like academic. But yeah, I would love to write in English about my past stories or my future dreams because I still have many more countries to discover. Even though I've been in 70, I wouldn't say that I've known all those 70 countries. I mean, I've lived in maybe five. Those are the ones I know the most. Um, but yeah, there's still a lot to discover outside and even in Colombia. <laughs> bueno. Toto, y para sorprender un poquito a la gente que te está escuchando, a mí me encanta cuando yo cambio a, a, al español, porque obviamente tengo un acento marcadísimo, ¿cierto? <risa> la S, y a los estudiantes les, les genera mucha risa, y a mí me gusta en las entrevistas también, que ustedes cambien al español para que te escuchemos en español, y ¿qué les recomiendas a los estudiantes de inglés? A la gente que está en Keep Talking. Bueno, Diego, tú sí eres más paisa que yo. Yo tengo que decir que yo soy muy paisa, pero no tanto. Yo creo que a uno el tono le cambia mucho. Cuando uno habla en diferentes idiomas, en italiano me cambian. Bueno, me cambia mucho, así que muy chévere. Y yo creo que mi recomendación para todas las personas que nos escuchan hoy en Keep Talking, yo creo que es muy importante aprender, o sea, disfrutar equivocarse. Es que yo creo que cuando uno aprende cualquier idioma, equivocarse tiene que ser divertido y tiene que ser, o sea, yo me acuerdo de palabras y de situaciones y, y cuando dejé de pensar que tenía que aprenderlo perfectamente lo empecé a hacer mejor realmente, cuando me dejé de preocupar si estaba pronunciando bien la SH o la CH que nos cuesta tanto a los hispanos, ¿no? El sh o sh. digamos que cuando me dejé de preocupar por esas cosas me concentré más en el contenido, entonces fluye más la conversación y yo creo que uno aprende un idioma perfecto, que definitivamente hay que fluir más con errores y la recomendación es como meterse en ese mundo. Creo que leer en inglés es importante, escuchar música en inglés, 
y hablar con personas. Yo creo que yo aprendí inglés equivocándome y hablando con gente de todo el mundo, así que... Sí, para nosotros es muy importante eso, conectarse con, con la experiencia humana, ¿sí? El lenguaje es lo que nos hace humanos, entonces no verlo como tan como tan clase, como tan eh, eh, teoría, sino usarlo como humanos para conectarnos, para saber qué piensas tú, qué pienso yo. Eh, nuestra metodología es muy así. Escoges un tema, hay muchos de paz, de hecho. Tengo que buscar uno de Peace Boat, no tengo uno de Peace Boat. Porfa, me recomiendas un videito de Peace Boat para ponerlo. Escogen el tema. Y ese es el, el centro de la discusión. O sea, no es una clase, es una conversación. Se tiene una discusión acerca de esto, todo se graba para que la persona no esté preocupándose de ¡Ay, lo estoy haciendo bien, lo estoy haciendo mal! No, eso es lo que importa la conversación. Se graba para después dar la retroalimentación. Ahí sí viene como la, sección, la parte académica. Sí, pero durante la, la interacción queremos que la persona se relaje, que lo use y que lo que importe sea comunicar su mensaje y sabes qué añadiría yo a eso Diego que a mí me ayudó mucho aprendiendo inglés vuelvo al tema del lenguaje el lenguaje corporal es fundamental para terminar de comunicar una idea yo me acuerdo en muchas situaciones que yo no encontraba las palabras perfectas o la palabra que describiera una cosa y yo lo dibujaba lo dibujaba o hacía la mímica y cuando lo hacía de esa forma, la persona me daba la palabra. Entonces, mire que hay muchas formas de aprender, no solamente buscar en Google o en el Google Translate del teléfono, sino que el otro te enseña de muchas formas. Yo utilicé muchísimo el dibujo en mis viajes, yo hacía unas bitácoras de viaje y fue una forma muy bonita de aprender, porque yo decía, a veces, miren que cuando uno no sabe una palabra, uno lo point, points, lo, lo, lo muestra con el dedo, es como, pucha, ¿cómo se dice eso? Solamente ese lenguaje corporal ya es una herramienta de aprendizaje. Entonces ya te dicen, ah, eso se llama glass. Entonces tú, ah, glass. Y te lo aprendes. Entonces creo que la invitación es eso, utilizar todas estas herramientas corporales que también son herramientas de aprendizaje fundamentales. Mirar con, con respeto, mirar siempre con ojos abiertos, escuchar, tocar, leer, probar. Creo que, que la el mayor herramienta de aprendizaje es el cuerpo y hay que estar muy abierto a recibir la información. Yes, yes, of course. Be more, connect more to the human experience. Thank you so much. Uh, I think we can end it here. It's been a fantastic hour with you. Feel very honored to have you here. And this video can be here for anyone who wants to watch it. Um, I'm going to be posting with, uh, can I tag you on the post so people can follow you, uh, maybe ask you some further questions perhaps go to your blog and, and, and encourage you more to write it in English and, um, and, uh, and connect to also the projects that you're doing, which perhaps can, um, you know, you never know, you can have cross collaborations there. And I always need volunteers to help me translate. And I think coming from the social fields and as Latinos or Colombians, and I know there's people connected from different countries, I think having the advantage of English and Spanish is huge. I think the world has a lot to learn about us. Latin America has a lot to teach to the world, and there's many ways to do it. So I hope you can also communicate that outside, and I'm definitely going to share my social media with you, Diego, so you can post it, 
about Vidajes, about my blog, and I'm super happy to share again experiences. Or if anyone has a question, you can also give them my email or social media. And I'm really happy to connect with other global mindset people and open people and curious curious people. That definitely. Yeah, that's what we need. Colombians or all Latin Americans, we need to be more and more curious. And because if we're curious, we are going to respect more of the world. And uh, yeah, just going to create a new breed, a new generation. In that way, um, yeah, we're, everyone is going to live better, I believe, because at the end, all of us are humans and we have the same intelligence. You just need to activate it more. And that's what really creates peace, you know. I, I do feel that the only way to create, like, peace in the world is the connecting through empathy. When you understand the other, when you hear the other, when you feel the other, is when you're able to really understand other humanities and other people. So, definitely. You said something about needing translators. Um, please share that with us in that way, because... Many people who follow us have a, a spectacular English level already, so perhaps we can help you find translators. And, you know, maybe myself or some of our staff, uh, some of our team members can also help with that. Amazing, amazing. As I say, we need more voices sharing. We need more voices connecting and reposting. So definitely in the Colombia, in, Colum in Antioquia Presente, we're transforming. So I want the website and everything to be bilingual. I'm opening new markets. So that's also our role to new, open new markets and to bring international exposure and connections. So definitely we'll need your help and everyone's help for this. Oh, great. Yeah, count on us, please. Um, all right, I'll let you go. Go enjoy your dinner. And uh, thank you again for being with us. Thank you, everyone. See you soon. And thank you, Diego, for this invitation. I think it's... This is a very good reason to keep talking. So thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Thanks Go for ahead. the cue. Uh, guys, uh, so glad to have you here. And I'll be posting on these um, the links to um, Toto's um, social media account so you can connect with her. I will see you on the coming Wednesday with more experts. Have a good night, guys. My pleasure. My big pleasure. Bye. Take care. Okay, so how do I end it? I forgot. How do I end Okay, got it. Thanks for listening, talkers. Remember that Keep Talking is the best platform for you to reach an advanced level of English fluency and connect with a global community. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Keep Talking.